audio check. Now, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And now, if you're not completely satisfied, a few words from better than ever in your neighborhood. <laughs> You'll be amazed. <laughs> Everything pharmacy. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of RX Radio, a podcast about everything pharmacy. Really appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Today's episode is awesome. I got to I got a chance to speak with a pharmacist over in England, and man, was that a blast of a conversation. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say that I'm really trying to have as many different types of pharmacists um, on the show. I'm trying to find pharmacists that are in uh, different industries that are not common and also pharmacists that are, are you know, across the globe. So if you or you know any pharmacist that would be interested um, in being a part of the show, please, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can shoot me an email at hellorxradio at gmail.com. Again, that's hellorxradio at gmail.com. I'd really, uh, really be interested in having all different types of pharmacists from all over the world on the show here. Lined up, we have an interview with the owner of an independent pharmacy. We have a pharmacist that's going to talk to us about nutrition. We also have an ER pharmacist that's going to be on the show. And, you know, I'm really excited to get this uh, this content out to you. But in the meantime, please enjoy the conversation I had with Thorin, a pharmacist over in England. All right. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Thorin, for for joining me here on this uh on this wonderful Tuesday morning, you're on vacation. I'm kind of on vacation. Yeah, I'm. I'm in sunny Spain at the moment, but I'll be back to work next week. So nice. It's really great to have the time to do so as well. Yes, I know. Thank, again, I greatly appreciated that that you're taking the time out to uh, to to sit here and talk with me. Uh, so to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm a community pharmacist. I work mainly in um, Bolton in the northwest of England. Um, and so I think you call it floater pharmacist, don't you, where people go to different places. Yeah. So I have one chain that I work for mainly, um, but then I'm a floater pharmacist um, at, at, at different places in the country. So I've worked as far as uh, Kent. I've worked in, um, I've, I work um, in Garstang, which is about an hour's drive away from me as well. So I've, I've worked in Hastings. I've worked in different areas of England. Um, but I'm really passionate about pharmacy and so I've um, worked really hard to promote the pharmaceutical profession in the media here in England. Um, wow. So I've been on the BBC, I've um, I've on media, in radio and in, on TV as well. Yeah. Um, I have a regular slot on what's BBC Radio Lancashire once a month when we have a pharmacy phone in. Um, so it's a bit like your, what you do here and, you know, doing podcasts and videos. I think it's really great to talk to people and share what we do. Yeah, no, I, I follow you on Twitter and I must say, I'm like, man, she's she's doing awesome things for for the profession. She's uh, on all these shows and TV and, and it's great. I'm, I'm really happy to be able to have you on here as well. Um, I used to be a floater pharmacist, actually. How is that? What's that like? Uh, it, is that something that's ideal, enjoyable? I personally didn't like it as much because it was hard for me to build relationships with my patients. 
Um, but then I also liked it because it, it was cool because you got to see how different pharmacies worked and, um, you know, especially some pharmacies, I don't know if it's like over there, but some pharmacies in different areas like are significantly different depending on the type of neighborhood you're in. So what, what's, how's that, yeah. how's that for you? Um, so, so like I said, I have a regular chain of pharmacies that I work for and, the, and then I, so I get, have regular branches of those. And what's great is I know the patients, I know the staff and I, I sort of know the skill set in that area. But sometimes I will take up emergency work or I'll go and work in other parts of the country. And it can be quite difficult because you don't know what you're walking into. Sometimes you'll come in and there'll be piles of baskets to check before you even walk in the door. And yeah. um, you don't know the skill set of the staffs um, who, who are with you. So you have to sort of make an assessment when you first walk in um, as to how, how you're going to manage that day. I think there's a lot to be said. I always see this thing about floater pharmacists or locum pharmacists, as we call them, being really lazy. Mm-hmm. I think that's really not the case. I see some really hardworking pharmacists, but who maybe don't want to be tied to an individual branch. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm quite lucky in that I do have regular branches, but I get to go and visit elsewhere as well. So I get to experience different things and take back, take the good practice and yeah. share it with the branches that I work at. Yeah, I still even now, even though I have my own store now, I like to, you know, sometimes pick up overtime shifts in some of the other pharmacies just to continue to get like, you know, those differences of how things operate and things like that. Uh, and what about like the volume of uh, prescriptions you guys fill? Uh, it does it vary differently from some of the some of the stores that you work for in your chain or is it all pretty much uh, very similar? Or what's that like? I think I've worked for, I've worked for pharmacies where they're doing about 14,000 items a month, um, right down to maybe about 3,000 items. So I've, I've sort of done the whole scale, really. Um, and I've worked in pharmacies where I've worked with, with as a second pharmacist. I mean, do you guys regularly have two pharmacists on the premises? It, n- not, it's very, I don't want to say it's it's rare, but there's not many stores, at least that I work at in my chain that has two. There are some, uh, it, it, for us, it depends on the chain. So uh, there's some chains that are just generally more known to be more like, busier than others. And sometimes they'll have two working at, at the same time. But for the most part, it's usually yeah. just one pharmacist, maybe with a day or two of the week that you'll have an overlap of, of, two, different, uh, of two different pharmacists. Yeah. The majority of pharmacies here tend to just have one pharmacist. But I mean, in the future, what I'd like to see is for maybe a, a prescribing pharmacist to be available with that, with that with a pharmacist. And then if there's any minor ailments, which we're really pushing for here. so. I think the healthcare system obviously is very different where you are. Yes. But um, for us, with the NHS, it, to me, it's about preserving the NHS. So if people can use the pharmacy first before they then think about using the GP or even A&E, that means we can help protect the NHS. Um, and so what I want to see in the future is more uh, prescribing being done in community pharmacies on the high street for minor conditions. Um, and in some areas of the country here, for example, we have schemes where you can um, be prescribed certain medication by the pharmacist under set conditions for set people. Mm-hmm. And that prevents people going to see the GP and going to a Yeah, I can see how that can definitely take a load off the, the expense of, uh, of not only your economy and everything, but also the access to healthcare as well. Um, yeah. It's very different over here where we it's 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 we're now getting into even just the thought of letting pharmacists prescribe and um, we're nowhere near to that being like mainstream, you know, for the entire country. 
And, yeah. you know, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, we obviously know that we can do, you know, as a pharmacist and we can prescribe and, um, but just because of the law and legally on paper, we're not allowed to. And, and that's really hindering a lot of care that uh, people should be getting um, quickly than, than they should be. To a pharmacy, really, because we know about the medicines. We know intrinsically what the medicines do and we know the harm they can do. And therefore, we have to know the conditions. And therefore, I think we're, pharmacists on the high street are really accessible and the perfect package for patients. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to ask you, like, how much is it? How much would it cost to fill a prescription, or does it vary depending on the drug? Yeah, so uh, that's that's where we we differ greatly. I think um, in terms of in terms of uh, operations, I guess. So everyone here, um, for the most part, most people here will have uh, medical or uh, health insurance um, yeah. that's given through their employer. With Obamacare, that's um, now you can buy it directly, like from the government in the marketplace. So given that most people have insurance, uh, the insurance companies will decide to charge them a copay. So uh, let's say, um, you know, a random medication like Simvastatin. Let's say yeah. the Simvastatin um, uh, that would cost the pharmacy, you know, X amount of dollars to pay. Uh, we would charge the insurance company, like th let's say the medication costs $50. We'll say no matter what, like if you didn't have insurance, you have insurance, we're going to charge you $50 to pay for this prescription for you to get this prescription filled the insurance company will either have uh two models they'll say we're going to charge you a flat rate fee of ten dollars for every medication that's a preferred medication or we're going to charge you a certain percentage of that so it could be either way and it just depends on the plan now if you have but if you don't have insurance um, which some people that are unemployed or self-employed or decide not to buy insurance for the marketplace or other reasons, then you will buy, you would have to pay that $50 um, out of yeah. pocket um, for that medication. Um, you want a long medication. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there are certain pharmacies that try to, for example, the chain that I'm working for, uh, there are certain medications that we give for free. Uh, with a, with a valid prescription, just to try to help. It, it's it's it goes both ways. Where you know we try to help the community, um, but at yeah. the same time it helps with bringing uh, the complementary prescriptions as well, like from a business standpoint. And then yeah. uh, there's other chains that have a list. It's called a four dollar list. That was real big when it happened here. They basically created um, they curated a list of medications that you can get for four dollars for a thirty day supply, or um, uh, I think it was or ten dollars for a ninety day supply. And if you once you had a valid prescription uh, for that uh, for that medication on that list, whether you had insurance or you didn't, it would only cost you that four or ten dollars. Yeah, which is a big difference from what we have in England, where at the moment the prescription charge is eight pounds sixty, mm -hmm. and that could be the doctor could have written a prescription for eighty four simvastatin, or they could have written a prescription for twenty eight or whatever mm -hmm. quantity. But the patient will only pay that charge, yeah. or they're exempt, so if they're under under sixteen, for example, or if they're on the maternity card, or if they have a prepayment card, then mm -hmm. obviously they're exempt and they don't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, one of the things I think is that wherever we are, we've always got this issue of maybe people don't realise the value of the support available to pharmacies. And mm -hmm. um, so we have like retailers like Pound World here, and they sell their paracetamol at maybe twenty pence. But people don't realise that you're not getting any advice at these places. You're not getting any support. 
You're not going to be told if it interacts with your medication. Mm -hmm. Medications aren't actions and pairs. You know, they can kill people. Yeah. And are there to help and provide support for everyone. Mm-hmm. We have that here too, where you can go to a gas station and buy uh, buy like ibuprofen, you know, like over the counter, and um, yeah. uh, without even having you know anywhere near a pharmacist. So um, now, because you you have a flat rate fee for all your medications, is there an incentive yeah. from prescribers and when people go to pick up their medications to get like eighty four, you know, simvastatin versus a thirty day simvastatin, like thirty simvastatins? Or? Well, some patients who then pay for their prescriptions might say to their prescriber, can you write me a private prescription? I'm not sure how, whether that's, whether it's correct or not for some medications, but, but for, for some medications, the prescriber will then give them a private prescription, which can be cheaper than paying their £8.60. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes they will give them the quant- give them higher quantities. But um, I think it's very difficult. It's obviously based on the prescribers having the chat with the patient. But in some of the areas of the country here, things like paracetamol, Mm-hmm. The doctors aren't prescribing anymore. But, so the, the patients are coming to us as the pharmacists and saying, well, why haven't they sent the prescription route for paracetamol? Mm-hmm. It's because the prescribers are saying, well, you need to buy it. And then that's a difficult conversation for pharmacists then to have to say, we're not preventing you from having it, but your prescriber's stopped it. Yeah. And afford it. And that's probably one of the hardest conversations I have to have. So uh, for, exam- for the example of paracetamol, if so the doctor, if they prescribe it, will they yeah. be, will they be able to get it for the flat rate fee at the pharmacy, or because it's available over the counter, are they do they have to buy it at the at the price set by the pharmacy? Well, no. So so if you are exempt, so you don't pay for your prescriptions, mm-hmm. then obviously anything that's prescribed on that green prescription will be free of charge. So you'll get your paracetamol free of charge. Mm-hmm. But if you pay for your prescriptions, then it's probably more worthwhile to buy the paracetamol from the pharmacy. Mm. So obviously some people will choose to go to the gas station, like you say, and buy the paracetamol. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so coming back to the paracetamol, it's so maybe elderly people over 65 who don't pay for their prescriptions mm-hmm. might have been prescribed paracetamol. But the doctors, to say the, the people who are in charge, are basically saying we don't want to prescribe this anymore. You're going to have to buy it yourself. Mm. But there's this conversation that's not being had between the prescriber and the, and the patient, which means that the pharmacy is left to explain that. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, in terms of, uh, you know, we were you were talking about having a prescribing pharmacist and having, you know, uh, I guess like a, 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 for lack of better terms, a verifying pharmacist at the pharmacy. Yeah. How? What is the workload like in terms of trying to provide care to uh, to patients directly? Um, and, and where I'm getting at here is I'm trying to see, like, do you have a lot of technician help usually uh, in helping with, uh, I guess, daily workflow tasks so you can provide more care to patients? Or, or is that a challenge for you guys? Well, I guess the future of pharmacy for me is to have a prescribing pharmacist and then that verifying pharmacist, like you said. But that's not happening at the moment. Mm. That, that is, for me, the future of what I'd like to see. At the moment, we do have technicians here, um, and they um, not in every pharmacy, though. And you have maybe have heard about the cuts to community pharmacy funding, mm-hmm. which means that a lot of when I go and work as a locum, I'm seeing a, a cut in a lot of the staff. Mm-hmm. So one week I went and there was two members of staff. The next time I went, I heard that one other member of staff had been made redundant. Wow. Um, and and then it was just me and one member of staff. Um, I think the worst situation that I've 
but obviously when you work as a local you don't know what situation you're walking into mm -hmm. um, the worst situation I ever ended up in was where it was a weekend and there was two counter, counter assistants and then just me at the back as the pharmacist and I was having to type up the labels pick the medication and then and then check the medication yeah to me it was just dangerous um, but I think sometimes some of the chains, some chains can be not find, not want you to maybe raise those issues. And therefore, some pharmacists I know that have raised issues and haven't been employed again, wow. which is very difficult as a pharmacist. Um, and so I'm sort of making a rule now where if I'm going anywhere, I always try and ask what the staffing levels are going to be like. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm not willing to put myself in that position. Yeah, if not decriminalized dispensing errors. Yeah. If you make dispensing error, you can go to prison. Yeah, that's no. that's I just got chills thinking about like hearing this from you because we it's so it's so crazy to hear that because we are going through probably the like the exact same thing here. Uh but the crazy thing is is that you you guys are getting it from the government is yeah. cutting that funding. Whereas yeah. privately here we are getting the same type of issue where a lot of pharmacies are understaffed and yeah. a lot of the pharmacists are being forced to do much more work, non-pharmacy, non-clinical work um, yeah. that, that we should be doing. And, and, it, and it's scary because mistakes are starting to happen and you, you feel, you know, the mental health of the pharmacist is starting to uh, be affected because we feel like we're being overworked. And, and it's true here. Whereas, I mean, you know, there are there are penalties uh, here as well. If you you know if you do something wrong, one you could either lose your job or you can be charged for negligence, all kinds of things. But at yeah. the end of the day, also like someone can die or be severely injured. You know, in the case of uh, a, a mistake on the pharmacist's part. So yeah. it's it's so crazy to see that you know across like a large body of water, you know, and yeah. completely two different types of countries and regulations and healthcare systems. Uh, you know, we're going through the exact same thing. Yeah, and I think it's just so sad because, I mean, pharmacists, I know when I've visited, I haven't, been, I haven't widely traveled America, but I've been to Orlando. Oh, um, cool. I've been to, um, a bit, well, I've been, went, went to theme parks, obviously. You went to Disney? A lot of pharmacies, aren't <laughs> there? Um, you know, and we, most pharmacies in the UK are within a 20-minute walking distance. So the most vulnerable patients who maybe can't get access to then you know, might have to drive, for example, to get to the GP, or might have to drive to get to where you need. They can come and visit the pharmacy, and I just can't understand the mentality of halting the provision for the most vulnerable. And yeah. um, the other thing to point out is, so we obviously, it's, it's not just dispensing medications and counselling patients, though it's a large part of what we do. We obviously um, provide services as well, such as medicine use reviews, where we go through what patients are on, mm -hmm. um, and then we can feed back to the GP if there's any issues. Um, and there's things like needle exchange services where people can come in if they're using needles and get clean supplies of needles and that prevents dirty needles being mm. on the streets perhaps. So there's all this extra work that we do as well as pharmacists. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we, we're, we're almost like um, carers in the community sometimes. Mm -hmm. We get a wide variety of patients coming in to see us. I mean, I don't think that's any different from what you do. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, and uh, pharmacies over here, we're we're starting to, you know, provide a, a plethora of all kinds of clinical services where 
uh, now uh, there's a system set up over here where now we're we're starting to be eligible for reimbursement from uh, from the government um, yeah. uh, from Medicare, which is like the uh, the government insurance for uh, the people over 65. Yeah. We're starting to get reimbursements for uh, f- uh, uh, interventions. So like if yeah. we you know discover that a patient's taking a high risk medication and we get that them switched off of that. Um, with the consultation yeah. with the doctor, we'll actually get reimbursed for that service and yeah. uh, uh, vaccinations. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that pharmacies are are starting to to try to do to provide um, uh, clinical care um, to patients, and while at the same time uh, increasing revenue uh, for the pharmacy to continue to grow and 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 continue to operate. Do you guys have uh, what other services do you guys have that you guys might be? Uh, doing to try to both increase care and uh, increase revenue? Well, um, for example, it's flu vaccination season at the moment. So mm. I've been talking to lots of patients and encouraging them to get their flu vaccination done at the pharmacy mm. because, number one, it's convenient. You can just walk in and get it done. You don't even need to have an appointment. In past years, we've seen um, hostility between the GPs almost who feel that this is their service and um, they're losing revenue by pharmacies doing it. Uh, to me, it's patient choice wherever they want to go. Yeah. But in, in, in the UK, we've got a GP crisis. I keep being told that there's not enough GPs um, and that you know there's increased strain on, on, on the, the care. So yeah. to me, what about all those jobs that pharmacists can do? Yeah. If we want to help. Um, you know, and, and things like flu vaccinations, it doesn't take a lot of time out of our time. We pass on the information that the the patients have their flu vaccination and to me it's perfect because I get to have a little chat with the patient and they get to sort of know more about what we do as well mm-hmm. but I think it's still that hostility from some patients who probably think you're a failed doctor you get poor doctors though don't you I believe yeah yeah you're <laughs> but um but for us you know sometimes I do get some hostility as in you're a failed you know you're, what do you know you're not a GP or you're a failed GP or um my doctor said this and I think it's about changing that perspective yeah. of what pharmacists are and how, you know, we've done five years of training. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I know everything, but mm. we definitely know where to look. Yeah, yeah. And uh, over here, it's, it's you know, it, it's more of the, you know, my doctor said this and my doctor said that. It's more of like, even though you've aspired to be a pharmacist and you never even considered being a, like a, a, a prescribed, like a GP uh, in your terms, yeah. it's more of just like, but you're not the doctor, you know, and, and we hear all that, but... I think there's a new age over here of of uh, physicians that are starting to realize the value of pharmacists, um, yeah. and I think that at the same time, pharmacists uh, need to be more. I, I would say we need to be more like you in promoting the profession and and in, and letting everyone know that we are doing so much more than just um, you know dispensing medications, and we have so much more knowledge than just being able to dispense the proper medication. And yeah. it's just about marketing ourselves better. And, and I think that, you know, over the course of the last hundred years, physicians has done a good job or GPs has also done a good job at establishing their careers. And yeah. I think that pharmacy is really on the starting of that, you know, like yeah. GP, psychologists, those things have been established over the last hundred years versus yeah. it's now that we're just now, you know, starting to establish ourselves, ourselves as pharmacists and our role in, in, in society. Um, yeah. and, and it's more than just making pills like we used to do um, or yeah. just or dispensing them like we've been doing the last 20 years. And I yeah. think that now is going to be a huge turning point of the pharmacy industry and in, in establishing ourselves in healthcare 
as what we do. Um, yeah. And we just need to continue that. And, and, um, and I think over time, I think, uh, unfortunately, it's going to take some time. But I think that, you know, we're going to get there once, you know, people keep uh, uh, advocating for, for the profession like, uh, like you do. It surprises me, actually, in America, where you pay for your health care, why you wouldn't go and see a pharmacy first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you guys don't charge a consultation fee or anything, do you? We do, we do not, no, not at the moment. Yeah, so, so I can't understand why if someone was worried that they wouldn't just go and see their pharmacist who could then um, pass them on to a GP if right. there was an issue or recommend they see a GP. Yeah. Because um, surely... People don't want to be paying for GP appointments or using insurance or claiming against insurance if they don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's definitely a it's it's a little it's a little backwards in that sense too. But on some tokens too, I think that if we push it too much, it would be unsustainable also. Um, because if if because of if everyone knew that they can just come to the pharmacy. With without an ability to capitalize on that, we would be slammed. I think with work, which which is which is you know it's a little of a tricky, yeah. It's a little bit of a tricky line to 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 play on because I know I know over um in the UK that's like one of your one of the big pushes of pharmacists like you don't need an appointment you just stop in you talk to us, and and that's what people know about us here when they do do that. But yeah. it's gonna. It would be a struggle if that was a main push for it, because unless we had a way to capitalize on that, um, there might not. That might not be sustainable, you know. Because we, I would, and, and don't get me wrong. It's not because we don't care, but it's more because we're being forced by, you know, the the owner of the pharmacy or the or the corporation or the chain to also do all the work that we have on the back end, um, yeah. while also trying to provide that care. You know, also being that we don't have, if, you know, if we had your, your, um, you know, your, your future of having the, the prescribing, you know, pharmacist in there as long alongside the, uh, verifying pharmacist, that would be perfect, you know, and, and if that model was sustainable, that would be ideal, but some things would have to greatly change for us to be able to then really push that for society, at least over here. Um, I just think we, we need to keep talking about the great work that pharmacists do all over the globe, really, and, it, and it's World Pharmacist Day soon as well. So yeah, um, that's true. It's coming we up. Need to keep talking, and everyone needs to keep sharing about the great work that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, whilst the systems might be different where we are, they are the thing that probably you know joins us probably is, is the patient care. Um, you know, and I'm sure we've both got examples of times where we've really been involved with patient care. I mean, I had a, an instance where I was. Patient ran into into the pharmacy and said, I need some first aid. And I got, we ran down to the bakery down the road and there was someone having a fit. And, you know, I can obviously, when someone's having a fit, you sort of leave them to have their fit and and make sure it's safe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my intervention was just to call their mum and check that they were okay, check that their mum knew where they were. Mm -hmm. You know, a small intervention. But people do trust pharmacists and they know that they're always they're there on their high street and if there is a, a, a medical emergency they do come and contact us um, and yeah. i'm sure you have examples yourself yeah no it, it's definitely i mean i do know though you know in in speaking all this about how people say it's so funny because there's there's some people that'll come in and say yeah but the doctor said to do this or that's not what my doctor said or whatever but then there's some people that come in and they're like I trust you guys so much because, you know, they know that, especially over here, you know, there's some prescribers that are, 
um, you know, prescribing certain things because of the they were courted by like a drug company or they have certain other interests in mind. And um, the pharmacy is never, never seen in that light. And, and, and I think one thing that is definitely true is that people do trust us. And and it's just more of like people trust us. And, and, it, and I think now this actually just clicked with me right now. They trust us so much. They just yeah. don't know what we can do. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I think I think once we show them what we can do and then continue to ha- keep that trust, that's when things are going to really click and, and, and start to take a turn for us for the better. So that'd be cool. So what um, we, we did talk about a lot of problems that, you know, obviously that we're both facing. But is there any specific challenges that you would say that you guys are, are really facing, um, you know, in community pharmacy there? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the crux to community pharmacy funding, really, which is sort of, you know, it's an impact on the staffing. It's then an impact then on the safety, in, in my opinion. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, but I think overall with the NHS as well, there's so much pressure. And at the moment, we have a government who claims that there isn't a seven-day NHS. But you know, I work, I work quite, I work most Saturdays and Sundays, so I can definitely tell you that pharmacies are open. Mm-hmm. on Saturdays and Sundays and you know we're, we're open long hours as well you know at 8 30 till 7 you know 9 till 11 yeah, yeah. Open, aren't we? wow yeah yeah we're, we're open pretty uh most I think the there's some pharmacies here that are 24 hours uh cool. and then you know we have like the I think the average is probably like a 9 to 9 or like an 8 to 9 I would say or even 8 to 10 I think are, are some pharmacies over here um, what about what's going like, what's going really well for you guys? What is something or, or something that you're really enjoying at the present moment, um, in community pharmacy over there? I think it's the services. It's, it's the fact that we can do them and we're not being given enough of the services that we want to provide. Um, so I'm really calling for a national minor ailment service because that scheme that I talked to you about earlier, where we can provide certain drugs for certain conditions, mm-hmm. isn't a national scheme yet. And if that was a national scheme, that would save the NHS so much money and it would save patient time. Um, and and I, I know people are, always, people are going to say to me, oh, well, people will abuse the system. You know, you'll always get the people who just come in and because they want it for free. Mm-hmm. But to me, if a GP appointment costs the NHS £45 and then the NHS then has to pay for the um, for the cost of the drug and then obviously the, prescri- the filling of the prescription charge, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of money, which could then be, you know, a smaller, I don't know, a really small fee could then go to the pharmacy for providing that service. And it still wouldn't add up to the same cost as that whole GP package fee. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it's services that and I love providing. I love going out and talking to the patients. Um, flu vaccines. Last year, I did lots of flu vaccines and, um, and, and then again this year, you know, we've we've started talking about the early to patients and letting them know that they're available. Um, medicine juice reviews, um, some of them are in, unprompted. For uh, for example, I, I found a patient and I've been talking to them and they said I've got headaches and I've been feeling a bit dizzy. Um, and obviously, there's the algorithm of of for uh, hypertension as to what drugs you start off with and then you add another one in. And this patient had basically been stopping the first drug as soon as they'd been started on the next drug. Mm-hmm. So their blood pressure was going further and further up, and the clinician was just adding drugs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, through a medicine use review, I was able to then find out that that was the case, contact the GP and say they needed an urgent appointment. And then they got taken off 
lots of the drugs that they were on. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, it's really hard. Sometimes sometimes you go into work and probably like you, you, you come back and you think, what happened today? Yeah. I feel exhausted. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like I couldn't finish everything. But then there's these great opportunities that happen. Um, you know, and you just think, I, I love my job. I love this profession. Look at how many people we, 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 we help. And, you know, the lives that get saved by pharmacy. You know, one of my colleagues did CPR and, and saved a patient's life. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. It's more rewarding than this profession is. Yeah, no, that's you. It's definitely true, and uh, you know, a lot of times you struggle with, you know, when you're under so much stress and you're under so much, um, you know, uh, just lack of help and so much yeah. going on, and and then you have that one patient that is just really looking like to you um, for help, and then you can do nothing but, you know, do your best to help them, and a lot of times it's in that one little moment that makes it pretty much all worth it. I would say. So it, uh, but it's definitely, uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge though. Um, I think we heard, uh, we heard a little bit about your, you know, what your future look like, uh, for, uh, what you hoped pharmacy to look like, but my hope, I don't know if it'll happen, but yeah, I think we need to be looking to what pharmacy can keep, can move forward with without losing our roots, you know, because I think I'm quite proud of the fact that we, we, we made drugs. We make drugs, you know, mm-hmm. and there obviously are pharmacists who are still making drugs in, you know, in industry. But just because mm-hmm. we don't do that necessarily in our dispensary doesn't mean we should let go of it. Yeah, yeah. So what, uh, what advice would you, what advice would you have for the, uh, the community pharmacist? So make sure that probably the best thing I think the thing is to go into work and just think. I might not finish everything, but I'll do my absolute best going into work today and realizing that at the end point, it is really the patient and, um, you know, whatever else is going on. And it can be quite frantic sometimes, as you know. It's just about letting the patients know exactly what we can do because, okay, they might turn around that one time and say, no, I'll talk to my GP. That one opportunity that you get to help them, that's just loyalty for life to me they'll come back to you they'll tell their friends about their pharmacist they'll bring you boxes of biscuits wrapped up in wrapped up every so often just to say thank you and that's not what we do it for but i think the patients do appreciate it so just i think we all just need to keep doing what we're doing and keep talking about the profession and you know we absolutely love it otherwise we wouldn't, I, can't, I can't stop talking about pharmacy yeah. <laughs> you know at night i can't stop talking about it i think about it all the time yeah um, we just need to keep keep promoting compassion really yeah that's so awesome that you know that there's other people out there like that that feel that same way and i'm sure you know it's you know it, it's great to connect with other pharmacists that feel the same way um but quickly i don't know about you but i only take care of people so they can bring me coffee that's like the main reason <laughs> or chocolate if, if they can if they i only really help people so they can bring me gifts and chocolate so but no, no I, I don't know about you but i can't function without coffee in the morning <laughs> Yeah, so no. first, do, first job of the morning is to get some coffee, and then I can be a nice person. Yeah, no, that's true. I drink so much coffee; it's ridiculous. But <laughs> that's a whole nother uh, topic for another podcast. Anyway, Doran, thank you so much for uh, again taking the time uh, to talk to me today about uh, community pharmacy over there in England. Uh, what's the best way people can reach you? Um, the best way you can send me a tweet. I absolutely love Twitter. Um, it's at and then it's T H O R R U N. 
G-O-V-I-N-D. That's that's the account where I talk about life and pharmacy. Or if you just want the pharmacy tweets, it's at PharmForum, which is at P-H-A-R-M-T-H-O-R-R-U-N. Perfect. So uh, yeah, it'd be great to chat to anyone who wants to talk about pharmacy in England or just pharmacy generally. Perfect. And I'll definitely link that into the uh, into the podcast uh, description. But again, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. It was fun. No problem. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Keep talking about pharmacy. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope it was as insightful to you as it was to me. Please leave me a comment on Instagram or on iTunes. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.